This is a podcast for the dreamers, a place to feel nourished and seen, a place to call in our highest path possible and to explore our desires, hopes, wishes, and dreams. I'm your guide, Emily Elliott. Welcome to The Magnetic Life. Hello, and thank you so much for being here today for episode number three. Today, we are going to deep dive into the complicated and quite common world of burnout. I recently did a poll on my Instagram asking who in my community has experienced burnout, and a whopping 87% of people answered yes. So this episode is for all of us who identify with having fire in our bellies, a big vision in our eyes, and deep passion in our hearts. It's for those of us who went down the path with good intention, but then have had a tendency to take everything a little too far. Too much energy, too much overdoing it, and operating from a place of deficiency and not enoughness. This is for all of us who have done whatever it takes to chase our dreams and the highest life, but then have found ourselves slumped over the couch, burnt out without the energy to even lift a finger. You may identify with being type A, a go-getter, a perfectionist, and taught from an early age to buy into hustle culture, where the harder you go, the more credit you get from others. In a culture that glorifies busy, you certainly get more credit for talking about how jam-packed your week is than telling people you made space to rest, breathe, and heal. How funny does that answer even sound? And yet, this medicine is precisely what will truly bring people to their highest path when hustle culture just isn't gonna fly. Let me share a bit about my story how my path to burnout went down, things I did to recover, and how I am making sure that this is something that doesn't come back in my life. As I think back, I took so much pride in going at life so hard, being so busy and at capacity all of the time. And now I actually take pride in the opposite. I take pride in peace, chill, calm, flow. I know when I deplete my body, I actually don't enjoy anything at all. And this, I've learned, matters more to me than anything, focusing on my vitality. Something I love to do with clients is to think back to when a pattern may have started. This is about trusting the subconscious mind to reveal answers to us and not getting too logical or analytical. Often, clients can think of an example right away that spans back decades. So let me tell you the one that comes up for me. A strong memory that comes through for me is my grade 5 teacher asking my parents to come in for a meeting to discuss something they had noticed in me. I hated feedback, so this was, of course, quite stressful and has been imprinted in my memory ever since grade 5. The assignment at school was to pick a country, learn about the country, and then present the country on a display board. I chose China. 
To make sure everything I did was above and beyond, I spent endless hours on the weekend before it was due painting, sponge painting, doing everything I could to make my board look as vividly like the real-life wall of China as possible. I also tried to learn, draw, and illustrate symbols with special markers like I had learned online. I became obsessed with this perfect presentation and content to make sure, of course, that I was the very best. When I brought my board to class on Monday, it looked super different than many of my classmates, who had essentially kind of just printed out a few internet photos and a bit of information. The ones that seemed a notch above had some, you know, a bit of consideration for what was printed and how it was laid out. It appeared as though my three-day marathon wasn't necessary to land that five out of five grading that many of us type A students so desperately wanted. The point that my teacher brought to my parents to share was that while my presentation was beautiful and well done, she was worried that my habits were unsustainable. I was going way too far past what was actually needed to get that five out of five. And so we could basically say that Mrs. Fox was a fortune teller because she was predicting many things about my future with this early observation. So if you take a minute and think back to your childhood and adolescence, and you also think of a specific moment in time where the need for overachievement, goal-getting, and self-pressure began, take a moment now to reflect. While my patterns for burnout started quite young, the true burnout story started after university. It seems my energy field absolutely loved to attract intensity. Intense jobs, opportunities, positions. My first job after school was a marketing agency. I really had no clue what I was signing up for as an account executive at a place like this and later came to learn that agency life meant you were here to hustle. In order to get promoted and move on, you should be pulling late night hours. Nine to five wasn't exactly going to fly. Of course, with dollar signs in my eyes and a deep desire to get the title and dream life that would come from that, I started pushing, showing my commitment as I was told to do by others around me. It was only a year or two after graduating university that I noticed myself start to dim. Less sparkly, less interested in things I used to love, like style, health, etc. I was just on robot mode as I have been swept over by full-blown apathy. It was the first time that I had let myself and who I am totally drift away in favor of what the culture and the people around me were telling me to do. I told myself a change must be made because I could feel myself losing myself. After a lot of inner turmoil, I applied for a bunch of jobs on the client side of marketing, promising myself this could be better than what I was doing currently. And I did land a dream job in the cosmetics and beauty industry, a dream come true for me. However, 
And this repeat pattern of grind and doing whatever it takes for success in titles, I took a job that had me commuting four hours a day. Before 8.30 a.m., I had been in my car for 15 minutes, the train for one hour, a streetcar in Toronto for 30 minutes, and then a walk the rest of the way to work for a total of four hours of commuting time a day. While the culture was less defined in a smaller company, I had already established my perfectionist patterns of saying yes to everything and was not honestly sharing that I had hit my capacity. This caused me to be traveling across Canada as the trainer, managing all the web, e-commerce, sales, being in charge of public relations for U.S. and Canada, and the list went on and on. I would literally fall asleep counting out my to-do list for the next day, and my mind never took a rest. The irony about it all was that the more I hustled, the less creative I was for design, copywriting, and marketing, which is such an important part of this job. Again, after only a year, I knew I needed to make a change. Still believing that I could find this dream job where I would have a perfect balance as well as climb the ladder and make money, I put in my notice with no backup plan. This was crazy to me that I would let go of a steady job to step forward with no plan. But this new thing was happening to me where I just had to listen to my gut. And so I put in my notice again, booked a flight to Thailand with my partner, and I figured I would figure it out in sun and nature, two truths I had always known about myself. And that inner guidance did come out on a day deeply entrenched in the Thai jungle. Feeling connected to truth and spirit in the sacred space, I was reminded how much of my life I had been drawn to the natural world. I was always being told I'm a healer and spent so much of my spare time researching and getting to know natural remedies, foods, and treatments. At the end of the day of mountain biking, and deep immersion in nature, I went back to the hostel to Google natural healer programs. I stumbled upon naturopathic medicine and thought to myself, hmm, this could totally check all the boxes. Within the hour, I had submitted my application through the Thai Airways. My journey at naturopathic college would meet me with another shock. While I had spent months and months envisioning this dreamy education of garden bathing and reflexology and energy balancing, a training that would really nourish and grow my energetic side, it was a bit of an awakening to learn that my next five years would be filled with rigorous anatomy, physiology, immunology, pharmacology, on top of all the natural modalities like botany, and traditional Chinese medicine. In this classic pattern of not feeling like I was enough, I hunkered down to make sure I would pass and succeed in the program and found myself in school nine to five and studying often six to 12 to stay on top of it all. I was repeating the cycle again. My spirit just loved intensity. At the end of the four years, I was a zombie, dragging my body and soul across the finish line. 
I had pushed and pushed and pushed until nothing was left. Between the 18-hour days, hammering nonstop knowledge into my head and making very little room for spirit, flow, and intuition, my body screamed that it was done and it was time to stop the madness. In my typical pattern of 100 to 0, 100 to 0, I had nothing left to start a naturopathic practice and would proceed to spend the next two years surviving with odd jobs and the rest of my time on the couch. I think I concerned my partner with how little life was left inside, but he trusted that one day I would make my grand return, and for that I'm forever grateful. And so this is my biggest lesson from my burnout story. When we have these burnout patterns, something always has to give in another part of our life. Since I had given 100% of my energy into passing this very intense program, my relationship totally suffered. I just didn't have the energy and zest to offer him the person that I had always been. As human beings, we only have so much energy to give, and if it is being 100% used up and consumed in one area, it will totally start to draw from another area of our life. So if you are currently in this burnout pattern, it's important to ask yourself the question, at what cost? So what if I do get this high career goal? But when I get there, what if my people aren't left? What if I'm there alone? Would it still be worth it? Something that really struck for me was that I was losing my feminine essence. The more that I was leaning into hustle and grind culture, the more I was losing these distinctively feminine traits like flow, surrender, attraction, beauty. Something that really struck for me was that I was losing my feminine essence. The more that I lean into the hustle and grind culture, the more I lose the distinctively feminine traits like flow, surrender, attraction, beauty, and stillness because everything gets trumped by the chase. The result, the masculine energy. This in particular was something that devastated me. I had always felt so powerful in these feminine traits and they were floating away. In fact, I could remember getting incredible results when I was in these energies because everything happened more naturally, more authentically. The law of attraction. This was my second burnout lesson. Sometimes, the impact and results we can generate when we are calm, relaxed, and in our joy can be 100% greater than the push. We actually attract what is best for us simply by showing up in our highest self. If you think about it, would you be more inclined to listen to a salesperson who is calm and joyful versus someone who's frantic, tired, and overdoing it? Some of the most delightful interactions in my life are from people who are calm and steady and have reclaimed power over chronic stress. So what does one do about burnout? One of the most important first things is to notice the signs. Exhaustion, irritability, feeling lack of drive and purpose, not like yourself, can be some major ones. Other signs can be an increased tendency towards negativity, feeling depleted, unfulfilled, and physical symptoms can even present as sugar and salt cravings, appetite changes, and sleep changes. 
When we look at the spiritual and emotional roots of a burnout, we see chronic, ongoing, and unrelenting stress. We see ourselves detaching from our bodies and our inner knowing because we are operating out of some form of insufficiency rather than being anchored in the feeling of being whole, complete, and enough. And so when the ultimate goal is to live a magnetic life, a life of desire, a life of bliss, wishes come true, this is a state where we are completely out of alignment. What I consider to be the truest medicine to burnout is starting with nourishment. The body and spirit have been neglected for so long that the craving for nourishment is strong, powerful, and will be very fulfilling. I found it's important to start with small steps because there's been so much intensity for so long that we want to teach the body it's safe to rest and restore as we strive towards balance. Two important questions I asked myself. What is the last thing you that brought you joy? And also, what is the last thing that brought you peace and calm? Start there. What we are looking for is clues to bring us back to ourselves. The more we reclaim the things we love, the things that nourish us, the things that make us who we are, the more this energy spirals and we can start to pull back our vitality and joy. So, some starting places may be starting to exercise, make better food choices, Spend time with that friend that makes you feel so good. Schedule a class, like art, writing, whatever your soul loves. The important thing is just to start. Sometimes in burnout, we put it all off because we think we have to tackle the whole wellness spectrum all at once. But truly start with one thing and see how you incrementally start to feel so much better. Last but not least, I love to ask clients, what are things you do that bring you into a state where the whole world just drips away and you feel entirely in your essence and in your power? It's almost as if you get lost in this activity because it's so natural and so fluid. So for me, when I'm helping people, I truly get so consumed with connecting with another human that I lose track of everything else around me. Other times this happens for me is swimming, reading, or traveling. Many of us get so conditioned into being realistic and adultified that we literally forget that we can have our passions and gifts deeply entrenched in every day. For some of us, this starts with taking a stand for having them integrated more in day-to-day And for some of us, this is the call to make this our profession, our service to the world. And when we are deeply in our work here on earth, sometimes the feelings of burnout start to drift away naturally because we are just so filled up by how we spend our days. So ask yourself this super important question. When we come to a place of recovery from burnout, it's us really taking a stand for our bodies and spirits and calling back who we know we are, calling back our health, calling back better patterns, and standing in a powerful place of balance.
This can be supported by setting boundaries, giving our best yeses, and most importantly, it's about a devotional journey back inwards to who we know we are. One of the biggest things we can do to change our lives is to declare when a pattern interrupt is needed and then clear the path again towards our greatest desires. I know that you have everything inside of you to reignite that fire in your soul in a way that works for you and not against you. Wishing you the highest blessings as you journey back to remembering who you are and calling back that vitality. I know you will change the world and that you will always know your highest path forward.